This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, September 10th, 2021. I'm Caleb Brown. Various states are looking at adopting digital taxes specifically on advertising. So how does it work? Maryland is currently trying to figure that out. Joe Bishop Henchman is vice president of policy and litigation at the National Taxpayers Union Foundation. We spoke last week. You know, the line from The Simpsons, I hear, remember Mayor Quimby saying when a uh, film production team was leaving town, on the way out, he said, oh, and there's also a $1,000 leaving town tax. Right. And it seems that authorities, wherever they might be, local governments, state governments, would like to collect as much revenue for anything that's just passing through. This started in Europe, where uh, obviously a lot of these tech companies are American companies, earning lots of profits, being very successful, and... The European companies don't really have that. And, you know, we talk about why that is, why Silicon Valley is in America and not in Europe, but they were very jealous of it. So they started passing these taxes to uh, collect revenue from these companies of over and above the corporate income tax because the corporate income tax wasn't reaching them because these, these companies are not based in Europe. They're not earning their profits in Europe. They're earning their profits all over the world. So they started passing them. And, uh, you know, France was one of the, the early ones and a uh, whole bunch of European countries adopted them. And now it's the subject of international negotiations that are ongoing right now on whether those are going to continue or not. But uh, states started looking at it and saying, hey, we want in on this. And Maryland was the first one to uh, to pass one of these digital advertising taxes. So if you are a nationwide digital company and you sell, or excuse me, you advertise in Maryland, uh, you owe this tax. Okay. So I don't know. How does that work? It, 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 are you, well, are they, they're going to figure that out because um, <laughs> the law just says the, the state controller has to figure out how to collect this. But theoretically, at least the idea is, is if, if you're selling ads in Maryland, you owe this tax. Um, you know, they got to figure out how to apportion it to Maryland, what counts as an ad in Maryland, because obviously there's a lot of national ads and global ads that happen. Um, it's very easy to know an ads in Maryland when it's just in the Annapolis newspaper or only on a Maryland focused website. But but I mean, that's it's 2021. That's not most things now. Most right. advertising is, is, is way beyond that. And uh, I kind of feel bad for the controller in one way because this is an impossible task. There's really no way to make this manageable. Um, and so they're probably going to either come up with some really burdensome, complicated way to collect it, or they'll punt on it to the courts and leave the courts to figure it out. And um, I mean, it's it's taxpayers and, and consumers that are going to suffer. How similar is this to sales taxes levied against internet firms? Well, it's over and above that. So, uh, you're already collecting sales tax on all this stuff and now. Uh, but it's gonna, more complicated. And it's more complicated because um, the reason they want to reach these companies is because the corporate income tax doesn't reach them because these are not companies in Maryland. And the sales tax doesn't reach them because they're not selling things to consumers. Uh, this is advertising. And uh, there is a federal law that says that you can't state, if you a state, states can't tax the digital version of something if they're not taxing the non-digital version of something. It's called the Internet Tax Freedom Act. It's a provision of that. And uh, 
most states, all states actually don't tax advertising. It's a, a kind of a no-no. The advertising industry is a very powerful one in a lot of state legislatures. Um, so that they're able to get this through just on the digital is, is both a testament to the, the power of that industry, but also um, a potential weakness for them. Um, because a court may end up coming back and saying, you can have this, but you have to tax the non-digital advertising too. And so a state will have to then decide, do we grab all the revenue or do we let it go? And I don't know what's going to happen. Would that uh, encourage advertisers who do both uh, terrestrial and digital advertising to just to sit, just say, well, we're just not going to do any advertising in your state anymore? It may happen. Um, and part of the motivation of the Maryland law, part of it was revenue, but also part of it was this animus towards the model of, of targeted advertising, which uh, there's a lot of kind of left-wing consumer advocates that they really love the subscription model. They really don't like the targeted advertising. You know, it really, it, it crosses a line for them that the an ad being served to you is is, you know, they know something about you. And so they're able to cater to your preferences, which, um, I don't know. My husband loves that every time he opens Facebook, he gets exactly the ads that he, for things that he wants to buy and he makes full use of them. Um, but, uh, I guess these types, you know, not only do they not like it, they want to drive these companies out of business that use this model and, and shift everything to a subscription based model. So there was one of the witnesses at the Maryland general assembly on this, and uh, he said, you know, that's that he wants that outcome and he views a punitive tax, which this is as a way of achieving it. It seems like there are some First Amendment applications there. Yeah. And uh, I mean, one of the groups involved in the litigation against this are uh, some of the news organizations that obviously rely on advertising. Um, and they're very concerned about this. And um, I just put out a piece today at uh, at. National Taxpayers Union Foundation analyzing a related case on a billboard tax that Baltimore has, which, uh, you know, Maryland has lots of taxes, as anyone from Maryland knows. And Baltimore, on top of all the other taxes, has imposed a tax just on billboards. And that's now undergoing a First Amendment challenge. Um, can you, obviously, you can't ban uh, ideas from being spread. Maybe you can ban billboards. If you couch it in a certain way, um, can you put a tax on billboards, you know, separate from all the other taxes? It's just on billboards. Um, and then they've done it in a way that it excludes a lot of other signs and, and other types of messaging. Uh, so it's only on billboards. Um, there's an old case in Maryland from back in the day that, that ruled that kind of thing as a First Amendment violation. Maryland's highest court went the other way recently, and now it's on appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court. Yes, states want money, and they would like to find the path of least resistance to get it. But when you combine that with some sort of animus toward a particular activity, uh, it seems that you're uh, inviting substantial challenge. You're inviting all these kinds of weird complications that you expect. It's not like we're going to tax alcohol because alcohol is bad and we don't like it and we would like it if you didn't drink at all, but we're going to tax this in order to punish you for doing it. It, it amazes me how many, uh, you know, there's obviously a lot of people in the state level that want more government 
programs, bigger government, and, the, and they advocate for that. But um, it's really unpopular to pay for those things with higher taxes on the people that would benefit from them. So, you know, you ask people, do you want free stuff? A lot of people say yes. You ask people, do you want free stuff that you have to pay for? And then suddenly that majority disappears. And so the winning game for these legislators and policy advocates is to make the case that, oh, somebody else is going to pay for this. Rich people are going to pay for this. Corporations are going to pay people for it. People from out of state. People from out of state are going to pay for it. Um, all of those have constitutional implications that I work on. The, the out-of-state one, it implicates the interstate commerce clause of the Constitution. It implicates the due process clause. Um, as we mentioned, this one implicates the First Amendment. So there's a lot of litigation angles that we're uh, pursuing on this. So there's two lawsuits filed right now against the Maryland case, and we're helping with amicus briefs and advice on both of them. One of them's by my old law firm, so it's a really uh, good connection there. And then we're obviously keeping track of these in other states. Um, there were about a dozen states that considered copying Maryland and following their lead. Uh, luckily, all of those efforts were defeated legislatively, but um, we'll see what happens in 2022 and beyond, especially as the sugar high of federal money to the states runs out and they start looking for ways to uh, to keep the revenue flowing in. Joe Bishop Henchman is vice president of policy and litigation at the National Taxpayers Union Foundation. We spoke last week. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast pretty much anywhere and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. 